Eventually Super Train. Welcome everyone. I am Dan, your main host. This is episode 133. We are a short-lived TV show podcast that covers those short-lived shows that never got enough love, and eventually we will be covering Super Train. In this episode, Kiki Wrights and myself are discussing Tales of the Gold Monkey, then Christopher Bly and I are chatting about Battlestar Galactica, Baltar may be involved, and then Kristen Hawes and I are going to the middleman and some zombies, and some fish. I think you're going to enjoy yourself. I think we should dive right in. Here's a little bit of Tales of the Gold Monkey. The Sultan of Swat, directed by Virgil Vogel, written by David Brown, January 5th, 1983. In this one, a gentleman named, and I wrote down his name, Gamble Rogers, who is a well-known baseball player, arrives on the island, along with another well-known baseball player, I want to say his last name is Bean, Harvey Bean, does that sound right? And they're going, they're taking Gamble to Japan, where he is going to do baseball stuff there and get everyone really excited about baseball. And Jake is a huge fan of Gamble. Huge fan, knows all the stats, knows everything. The unfortunate thing is that there is a young uh, native girl there who um, gives Gamble a big kiss when he arrives, and he kind of gives her a kiss back, and she has a very angry dad. And later that night, she is found murdered, and Gamble is missing. And it's about the hunt for Gamble, and who killed the girl, and what's going on. And I'll play a little music. Guess who's on the other side? Ah, you'll find out in a moment. Listen to this. He's the Sultan. The Sultan of SWAT. Welcome to... I don't know. I forget which episode this is. This is episode 11. Is this 11? This is 11. This is 11. Hey, is that Kristen that I'm hearing? It's Kristen. Hey, how are you? How are you, my friend? How are you, my friend? I'm ready for some baseball. How are you? Awesome. I'm always ready for some baseball. And you're a big baseball fan. I am a big Cubs fan. I'm a, you're a big Cubs fan, and I'm I'm a big I'm, I'm a big fan of. And we're not going to talk about this for for long, folks. But um, and we we may have just before this been going off on tangents when we were just chatting beforehand. So this is this is a tangent specific to this. But yeah, I'm a, I'm a you're I know you're a huge Cubs fan. You 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 tweet about them whenever they play and everything. And you got a lot of people who join in. And it's it's funny because whenever I like read your sort of writing tweets, the the Cubs tweets are very different, and the crowd you pull in very <laughs> very different crowds. But I, I I love baseball, and um, but I, I I find I have to I I I I can watch baseball from like the '60s, the '70s, and the '80s, but for some reason I can't watch beyond that. I don't know why. I don't know if it's the announcers. I don't know if it's the look of the games. I don't want to say it's just nostalgia why why I watch them, because I wasn't watching them in back like the seventies. I was watching in the eighties, um, but for some reason, like I can watch 
any World Series from the 60s, 70s, or 80s. But I have a tough time. I think part of it, too, modern stuff is like that. I love that thing where they do now where they show you the strike zone. Mm-hmm. But it yeah. used to be, it used to be so much fun because I remember about five years ago, five or six years ago I was watching a World World War World, I'm sorry we got, <laughs> World War series I was watching a World Series game from 1986 with my brother-in-law and he's a bit older than I am and he's been watching baseball longer than I have and we were watching and what and we what we decided to do for a couple of innings before I had to look in on the baked ziti was um, this is Christmas Eve by the way and we were um, is we were sitting there, we were going, we, we'd have to yell out, strike, ball, and we'd have to make our guess and then see what the umpire said. And at one point I said to him, how, how, how do you determine where it, where it, where, where, whether it's a strike or a ball? And he says, I have no idea. And I said, okay. <laughs> and I said, so the square is so helpful in modern-day baseball, but in another way it's removing a little bit of, um, of the mystique at the same time. Yeah. But uh, anyways, so this is baseball related. So this is, um, yeah, uh, um, uh, uh, Jake's uh, hero, uh, Mr. Gamble Rogers, played by an actor who, if you know movies that I love, you'll know why I love this actor. But it, a man called Gamble Rogers and another guy, I forget the other guy's name. What is his name? The 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 it's, Bean, right? Is it Bean? Henry Bean or something? Yeah, like that? it's yeah, Bean something. Bean. bean, and they also show up with the Japanese gentleman, Harada. 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 And they're all there, and they're going to Japan, and they're going to bring bring uh, the American baseball to Japan and everything. And it's going to be super awesome. But then something goes super wrong. And this is kind of fun because um, there's there's one glaring omission in the episode. But apart from that, it's uh, I think it's a fairly interesting mystery. But I want to ask you first. Give me give me your full thoughts. Oh, you're gonna hate me. Oh no. Um, <laughs> I, I really don't like to say that I don't like an episode, but I kind of don't like this episode. Yeah. I, it's got moments in it that I do like, but for me, because I get the premise of it, I get I get yeah. the mystery of it, I get all of that. I just doesn't do it for me. I don't find um, many of the people too likable. Like I don't, mm. I don't care. I don't care about Jake's feelings about his hero in this particular <laughs> instance. Um, because I don't kind of like him very much. I mean, mm-hmm. he does have one moment where I do like him, but it just I just kind of am um, just apathetic towards him, and and sure. and it's purposely written so you really don't you're not supposed to feel too bad for the victim because mm-hmm. she there's this there's this underlying in, um, feeling that she brought it on herself because of her behavior, mm-hmm. and it just. I just it doesn't it doesn't do it for me. I know they can't all be fun romps, but mm-hmm. this I'm glad Sarah wasn't here for this because she's yes. too good for it. Yeah, she would be, <laughs> she would be the mission. Yeah, I think I think the thing with this episode is that um, I th- I think it's it's tricky because I I I, I wa- so I watched it twice and I think it is a um, it's it's weird because in some. <sighs> I, I, I'm not particularly fond of the two baseball guys. They're not particularly nice guys. But there is a weird darkness to the episode that underlies the silliness at times mm-hmm. of it. And this, and actually it's funny, as I'm about to talk about it, I think I may actually tilt more towards your side of it. 
Um, <laughs> because I have it playing right here, and as it's playing, and we were talking, I was looking at it going, oh, yeah, that part. Okay, yeah. But it's funny because I was just thinking, it's weird that the way the episode works is you get uh, Zeta is killed. And frankly, the scene where they show her on the bed naked is a little more... I, he- I hesitate to say it, erotic than it possibly should be for what's happened to her um, because they just have her sort of clearly naked but posed in such a way you know I'm, I'm not saying it's like Inspector Clouseau with a guitar walking through shot in the dark or you know uh, you know Austin Powers, you know, and uh, you know, getting everything covered up. But it's it's sort of like a, a sort of thing where her like her body is there, and the and the bits we're not supposed to see her covered up, or we're seeing a lot of the rest of her. And I'm thinking we should that that's that's that they've overposed her. We should just see a brief shot of her there with a sheet over her, and know that it's her. The way they have her pose, it's almost like they're they're putting her in like a Playboy spread or something like that. But her character happens yeah. to be dead, and it's a, it's a it's a weird it's a, it's a weird episode because it it has Jake going crazy for this guy, uh, you know I'm so nuts about you blah blah blah, and you do get some um uh um and, and you do get Jack well no we'll 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 save Jack and his weirdness for um a little later. Um, yes. But but you, you do get it's and 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 in the end like when it's all over you know we get we get a couple of big <laughs> everybody laughs moments um, and they're just it's it's strange because when I just think about the episode I think it's it's kind of a decent like who did it why did they do it what's going on but when you actually focus on it bits of it seem off one like I said the way they pose Zeta's body. To just the whole, um, and I don't know if we'll say what what the whole impetus behind her killing and beyond is about. But when you learn what it's about, you're like, I, I don't think the person who died having done that to her died as um, spectacularly as he could have. I think he should have died more. And 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 there are these weird moments like during during the funeral. For, for for Zeta as they're putting her in the coffin, they cut over to um, uh, Jake and Mr. McDowell, and and uh, and and I think Jack's there barking, and they're all talking really loud. <laughs> it's like the Reverend. Our, it, it's like when the when the nicest person in the episode is the Nazi Reverend, something's <laughs> a little bit off. And no, it, it's funny because when I said it was a fun moment, I, I think at its at its heart it is, but I think something went sour in the making of it because one of the things that happens is you almost dislike the dad of the oh, girl God. who got killed more than the guy who killed her. No, and I, I, almost, I, I managed to dislike him as equally as the guy who killed he, her. He, he, just, he, I mean, he, oh God, he was... Mm-mm. He's he's he he is very unpleasant, but at the end, the moment he finds out he does wrong, you you can see in his eyes that he's like, oh, pardon my French, oh shit, you know, it's like, oh god, okay, and 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 I mean, to, to me, it's one of those things where like, if if you're in a place, you're in. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. I, I'm gonna giggle. No, um, if you are in a place where like, say like the old west, where like you know, um, like a like a a landowner could 
you know, take someone they thought was a criminal and kill them. And the law and and they and they just felt like they could do that. The fact that on this island, this guy feels like he can do this to this baseball player and just kill him, and and he doesn't care about the consequences. To me, means we're like we're sort of in the old west here, almost. Like you know, it, when when he t- when 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 Louis tells him twice, you know, don't do this, don't do this, and the father's like, I'm gonna do this, I'm gonna do this. You feel like he wouldn't be saying that unless he felt like somehow he could get away with it. And so it gets it gets um it's a, it's a really weird episode because in in some in one respect, and I'm just trying to justify. I think why I said I thought it was a fun murder mystery or whatever the hell I just said a moment ago. I don't know, I think I got carried away. It was away. interesting. Interesting. I think that. it is. Okay. Oh, no. Okay. I will say I think it's interesting. Okay. If that's what I said. I think for a second. I, but but it's, it's just, it is a weird episode because there's um there's a, there's a darkness to it underneath it that is, um that doesn't really come up in the episode. And even like when they capture the guy who, who killed Zeta, and even he's like joking, like <laughs> you're asking a lot of questions <laughs> for a dying man, <laughs> and you're just like, oh, I'm gonna kick you in the nuts. <laughs> what do you think about that, huh? Hey, you're you, you're about to die, and I just kicked you in the nuts. How many times has that happened to a dying man, huh? No, it's uh, no. I'm sorry, I'm talking too much. Tell me more. Tell me more about the episode. What did you think of? Well, what did you more? <laughs> well, I just want to say that it, it's interesting that you likened it to the old west because the episode, the parts where he was going to hang the baseball player mm. all i could think of was all of the times on gunsmoke sure. in which people tried to hang festus in particular oh god and this 173 same, times no i don't know i swear it was like once a season at least <laughs> yeah. and but it's interesting because like in those episodes, something similar happened in this episode, and that is the people who were going to do the hanging realized they're wrong. Oh, my gosh. And in this case, the father is, like, asking for forgiveness. And I'm like, and yet you did not apologize. You said nothing. True. You did yeah. not say, oh, hey, my bad. I am so sorry. I was going to straighten you up by your neck. I yes. was stricken with grief. Mm-hmm. Please forgive me. No, he doesn't even apologize. Nobody no. ever apologized to Festus, and this dude didn't and m- apologize to True. this guy. And that is part of the reason why I don't like him. He was incredibly okay. hateful and unreasonable the entire time, and he didn't seem to like his daughter that much to begin That's with. true. That's true. I mean, because part of it is when you think about what's been done to his daughter, and then when you learn why it's been done, you want to go in and start punching all the people who did this, understandably. But then at the beginning, he didn't seem to like her. So, so yeah, that's true. If you go back to the very beginning, yeah, he's kind of a douche all the way around. She's just, she's just having fun. It's Nia Peoples, ladies and gentlemen. She's just having fun. She's fame. Yeah. She, she's going to live forever. But she lived for that's about 15 true. minutes. So she, 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 didn't learn, she didn't learn how to fly. No. She, she no. didn't touch and the sky. The Is that part of the fame song? I don't know. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> But yeah, that was the thing about Zeta, and that's part of what they were doing to try to make her unlikable, is that Zeta was basically a hoe, and mm. that's perfectly fine. It is perfectly fine to embrace your sexuality, mm-hmm. and but not back in the 1930s. And her father was getting into fights with every with all of the men He's, they just over said, her yeah, behavior. Brawl. Yeah, the, the huge brawl. Because he does start the, the, the fight outside of uh, Lou, the monkey bar, because Louie 
says to Jake, you know, my eternal gratitude for once you decided to get beat up outside of my yes, room. Yes, that's a great line. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but she is. She's incredibly forward with mm-hmm. Jake. She's incredibly forward with the baseball player in front of her dad. Yeah. And it's, yeah, she's obviously feeling her oats and yes. dad takes that out on the men instead of explaining to his daughter, listen, there is a time and a place. Yes. And this ain't it. I th- so. I I think I think it's funny. There was one episode of something we talked about one day where you didn't like it, and I talked you into liking it. And I kind of like oh, this yeah. one, and I think you're talking me out of it. I'm sorry. I don't. Mean oh no, to do that's that. okay. No, that's okay. I just I, no. <laughs> I think though. I think you did hit it on the head in that it is a very dark episode. That's that's it, the thing, and it's tricky because even like when you get the fight, the fight scene is presented out of something mm-hmm. like any which way but loose. Or every which way you can. Yeah. You know, it's a wacky fight where everyone's cannonball run kind of thing. But it's still based on the fact that you have a violent father who is unpleasant. Yes, he's very unpleasant. And and it's kind of funny because it's like, okay, you think, okay, there's the problem is going to be, you know, this baseball player is going to get in trouble with this girl. You don't anticipate her being raped and murdered. Yes. And... That's the- and it's like the episode because mo- because the opening part of it, the lead up to that is Jake's old absolute hero worship of this guy to the extent that he lets him fly the goose, which I what that is not a good idea. <laughs> and, that, and that scene where he's flying the goose, it's you know you you know I could take or leave that scene. I get what they're doing. Uh, and there yeah. that moment where the goose flies over the hotel is great, but but some yes. of it is like I don't understand why i don't understand the way it works where if you can turn the goose over to your your second in command you can't get control back i know this ain't the concord but surely you don't you can't you don't turn complete control over to someone who's never flown a plane before and like can i get control of my plane back yeah. you know that would be like a driver's ed instructor going you just go you just go. You know, I got this other steering wheel. I got this brake pedal. The 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 when I did driver's ed, the the guy he, there wasn't a second steering wheel. There was a second brake pedal. Yes. And so he would have the which would override the brake pedal you had, and he would just keep his foot on it, and he would talk to you, and then every once in a while you'd think, oh, I braked safely, and then he'd say, no, that was me. We would have been dead if you had done that. <laughs> so just please keep keep it. Did I ever tell you about the time we were in downtown Rochester and I made a turn too close and wound up in the middle of a bus terminal? Oh, that was great. You did, that, that you was, did not say anything about that. That was because he was like, Dan, turn right up here. And it was the big downtown Rochester, the huge bus terminal that serviced Rochester, Irondequoit, Greece, all the areas around there to Lake Ontario out to the middle of nowhere. And he said, turn right. And I said, okay. And I turned right and about Five seconds later, we're surrounded by buses. You know that scene in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles where Steve Martin is walking down the runway and planes are flying all around him? That's yeah. We were like in a little car, and there were nothing but buses. And I said, what's going on? And he said, what you did here 
is you actually turned into the bus terminal rather than onto the road, which was about 15 feet beyond. What you're going to want to do is you're going to want to drive. And he was very calm about it. You're going to want to drive up to there. And, go there. and we're just like, we got all the beep, 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 honk, honk, beep, beep, beep. And he's leaning out going, sorry, student driver. And I'm leaning out going, sorry. And he's like, come back in here. Don't lean out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. And we're, we're just driving through. And it's like all these buses that we like drove through the center of like, all the buses as they were going out and suddenly like it was one of those things was like uh, 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 the petals of a flower expanded and we <laughs> drove out of the center and suddenly we were back on Ridge, Ridge Road. You do realize that the reason why he was probably so calm is that this isn't the first time that anyone had done this. That he probably chose that road because <laughs> because because I because I, 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 it was funny because I remember at one time much later after that going down that road with some friends and I told them that same story but we were driving straight and then I remember briefly thinking about two blocks down there was a perfectly regular uh, intersection you know major yeah. intersection to turn down I thought huh why didn't you have me turn down here because they probably got a deal with the bus terminal but it's like <laughs> here he comes here comes here comes an idiot here comes a Polak in the car watch it <laughs> Uh, so so you know it's um the the scene on the plane uh is is more exciting than me driving through the bus terminal but um whether you like it more or not than me driving through the bus terminal i can't say <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a tough call <laughs> now um uh yeah I, I think at the end of the day the thing with this episode is that there's um it, it 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 does present itself as a fun desert not desert island island murder mystery that's actually really dark and unpleasant but never quite it, like even the way the guy dies what is it bean he's yeah. running around he's running around like on the second floor um jake shoots at him and gets him in the shoulder but then somehow getting him in the shoulder makes him like spin around and go over the railing. And I could have sworn when he went over the railing and hit the sand, there was like a <laughs> kind of noise or something like that, like a wacky whistle went off. That, was, could, that could just be me. I was fully waiting for the Wilhelm scream for, <laughs> for that. I was Because that's, that's kind of the feeling throughout this episode as I'm waiting for like inappropriate where they would try to stick in something funny and it would just have been inappropriate. Like, okay, when they're doing Zeta's funeral mm -hmm. and it's Willie doing it, so we know that Willie's a Nazi and not actually a minister. And so I am waiting for him to screw up the funeral yes. and, like, you know, totally make something up or say something inappropriate. And he does it. He does a very nice, solemn funeral. But the entire time I'm waiting for him yes. to yeah. make a bungle into it. And it's like, that's kind of how that's episode feels is like it's really kind of dark but i'm still waiting for them to you know try Comedy. to inject some like humor they, into it yeah like they drop the coffin and it goes in sideways and the body goes through the air or something like that yeah it's Maybe weird not that grotesque but oh yeah, okay I mean... sorry yeah i was thinking of something else <laughs> i think i was thinking of like a, a pete jackson film from the late 80s early 90s like dead alive or bad taste um but but that's the thing is like like i said like the the nazi is the i mean he has some moments where it's like they keep saying oh well she really liked your sermons and i thought well what was he doing at the sermons i don't i, don't, I mean they keep implying things but it's not like 
you know, if this were Benny Hill, I get exactly what was going on. But I thought he's surely not. Is he? Is he taking in all the the native girls and? That's what the blessings are. Okay. <sighs> That's tricky because now I, I like the Nazi less than I did a few minutes ago, and I've <laughs> never said that. <laughs> and yet you still like him better than a lot of the people in this yes, episode. Yes. Oh, I actually have the scene where where Bean gets shot. He gets hit in the shoulder. He turns, and then someone falls off into the sand. I thought, how does he die? He he just he falls like two stories <laughs> into soft sand. I don't understand how he dies. Embarrassment. <laughs> I guess so. He was, yeah. He 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 literally died of embarrassment because he was selling that that weak shoulder wound mm. to to such dramatic effect, and then he realized he would live. So he's like, "No, man, I had." <laughs> oh, I'm going over. I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah. This did not work out. I got this I'm went this went wrong for me. I thought, I thought if I ran along here, and even in this moment, Heinrich's there, and he like, you know, he says. And 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 he, and he Bean says something 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 reverend, and Henry like puts his his hand on his forehead to calm him. Yeah. And you're like the nicest guy in this episode <laughs> is the Nazi. How is that happening? That's so weird. <laughs> That's so weird. It it is a weird episode because I stand by that it is interesting, and I think it might be interesting because what's happening and the tone are so. Dis- disparate, if that's the mm-hmm. correct word, um, that it feels. I mean, like there's that final scene where he saves. Uh, they save Gamble from being, being being hanged, and then it's like, "Are you okay, Gamble? I swallowed my chaw." <laughs> <laughs> and you almost expect to see the entire cast suddenly appear around Jake laughing, but it's yeah. just Jake, and it's like, "Are they? Are they kidding us? Is this a?" Is this a joke episode? Is this like... And then I had to go and look at the, the directing credit. And then... Because um, this was a Virgil T. Vogel episode. And then I thought... Virgil T... Virgil W. Vogel, I'm sorry. And I thought, is Virgil W. Vogel a um, a pseudonym for David Lynch? What's going on? <laughs> because that's the only way I can describe it. I mean, because there's a scene here where they show that, that, that the, um, the, the dad has dragged gamble like behind a horse for miles and they're like oh you're still alive and i thought everyone's terrible yeah where's sarah we need sarah here yeah. we need we need her strange accent and her heightened level of excitement and, and life and we need her to sing and we need we need her here we need we need her it's all i guess once zeta goes it's all guys and it becomes like a sausage fest and then you don't know what's going on yeah, and I maintain the fact that Sarah was lucky to be left she out, of this, out of this one. She got out of this one, yeah. I yeah. Did they say where she is? She's out of she's She out was of town. in Manila. Okay. She's out of town. She's in Manila. She's in Manila. That's what they yeah, said. She... Oh, my gosh. She's not back in the late, great Sarah White or episode, is she? No, I don't think so. No. Okay, okay. All right. Um, so what else do you have on this one? I um. Uh, yeah, it's it's a weird episode, everyone, because I, I – um, I uh, see. This is why I don't speak first before my guests. I let my guests speak because sometimes <laughs> I'll say something, and I'm saying it, and I'm saying, and I have, I have, a, I have sort of a through line I'm leading to, but then the guest calls me on it, 
and I, 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 I come up a little dry and strange and feeling like I'm a little weird. It's a little weird, but th- this is just, this is just, um, this is an episode where it just, I think I can, I, I think I can see exactly what it meant to do, but somewhere along the way, things go astray. They go, they just go weird. This is, this is kind of a vicious episode mm-hmm. that acts like it's, a little goofier than it is. Like even that long sequence where they go and find the um the uh what what what's the um the 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 the, the um I was gonna say travel agent. What's the U.S. <laughs> the the secret ser- the ser- service agent? What's his name? Hi- Hi- Harada. For, yes, that where they go to find him. Like even that sequence is kind of it's important, but it's it's sort of goes off to one side and it does kind of another thing and it it builds like it's going to be this huge thing, but then it ends. It turns out to be just kind of nasty and unpleasant but then it ends with a sequence where they're just playing ball with gamble and mm-hmm. it's okay and um i'll let you i'll let you say if, if you well if you give, give some trivia and i would like to talk about one of the actors and i would actually like one more thing give trivia please i'd like to talk about one of the actors and gamble what is your favorite gamble moment because i have a moment where i really liked gamble too so um okay so what did um, I just say? Trivia? Trivia. Trivia. Well, my trivia probably has to do with the actor that you're talking about. Okay. Because it's uh, John DeSanti. He was he was in an episode of Magnum P.I. In fact, he was in the Birds of a Feather episode with William Lucking, who who played Gandy Dancer in two episodes oh, wow. of Tales of the Bull Monkey. So everything comes back in full circle, doesn't it? Yeah, it's it's uh, Mr. DeSanti. He was in he was in a really weird movie. The first movie directed by Alan Ormsby, who is who is who is who is a guy who's done a lot of stuff. He co-wrote Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things. He and he direct co-directed Deranged, which is my favorite of the um, '70s Ed Gein movies. Um, which is a really wonderful movie because it's absolutely deranged, but it's also got this weird sense of humor in it. But his Alan Armstrong's first movie was called Murder. No, damn it, Murder on the Emerald Island. Mur- on the Emerald, I-, I forget what it was called. It, it 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 had a very limited release, and it's a very strange film. And and Mr. DeSanti plays sort of a mob kind of guy in it. But um, the the best thing that he's been in. Mr. Mr. DeSanti was 1979's, you know it, King Frat, King Frat, <laughs> the best Animal House movie, the Animal House ripoff. And in fact, I don't, I haven't seen Animal House in 10 years. I saw it on the big screen. I like Animal House. I don't love Animal House. King Frat is gross and it's stupid and it's funny. And John DeSanti is 41 or 40, 40 or 41 when he's, and he, he plays Dombrowski, the big, dumb Polish, um, like college senior. And when you look at him, it's like, isn't he too old to be there? And the joke is, yeah, he's 40. And he's hilarious in the movie. And he, he, he is part of the big, um, if you'll forgive me, folks, I'll bleep this out, but he has the moment where he, um, he steps out of the stall with his pants around his ankles, holding up the newspaper, yelling, holy shit, fart contest, because they're having a fart contest at the local, at a local, like, theater, and he participates in it, and he is, 
he's gross and he's ridiculous and the director of the movie was the guy who made Eyes of a Stranger, Shockwave, Meatballs 2, Return of the Living Dead 2, and inter- inter- Ken Wiederhorn. And I read an interview with him of, uh, like a year ago, and the interviewer says, I didn't have a chance to watch King Frat. Uh, and he said, but I, uh, the interviewer said, I didn't have a chance to watch King Frat. I only saw a few minutes of it, but I thought it was dumb. And the director said, good, if you had said you liked it, I would have thought you had a low intelligence. <laughs> And I said, whoa, 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 Mr. Wiederhorn. King Fred is fantastic. <laughs> I own two versions of it on DVD. I've seen it at least 20 times. It is the best Animal House ripoff. And John DeSanti is great, and I'm not going to go into here why he's great in it. But um, in this, he, he's fine as Gamble, but you got to see him as Dombrowski. Um, uh, just... Um, in the fart contest and everything, he's he's very good. And he shows, and he's in he's in Eyes of a Stranger, Ken Wiederhorn's next film, which is a pretty good sort of slashery film. And he he's one of those guys who showed up a lot throughout the '80s and things. And so, yeah, I like. And he's he's fine in this. You know, the character is uh, you could take him or leave him. He seems like a bit of a jerk, but I think that's the that's what the character's meant to be. But I don't know. But uh, what else do you have? Oh. Well- you asked, you said, what's your favorite gamble moment? Oh, yes, yes. It, it might be the same as mine. We'll see. Here's mine. It is because Jake is big in the hero worship of this guy because he watched him play baseball and everything, and he was his biggest fan, all that, knows all of his stats. And after the, the murder, and they're all sequestered in the room together, and everybody's sleeping in chairs because poor Jack has a concussion. So he gets to sleep in the bed. Yes. Oh, that's what something we didn't talk about. Yeah. We'll talk about that yeah, briefly. We'll after this. Yeah. And basically Gamble calls Jake out on his hero worship and says, you yes. make heroes out of people who can't, who don't ask to be, they got a right to let you down. Yes. I that... absolutely love that line. Yes. Yes, that is a great. That is, I actually, I actually had a different line, but when I was rewatching it this afternoon, I love that line. That is a great line. That is mm-hmm. a great line. That my 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 first favorite line is just the moment where um, when they ask him if he killed Zeta, and because you kissed her early on, and he says something like, "Well, I saw her briefly, but um, I I don't know how I don't know what sort of world you grew up in." But I'm an old man, and she's a little girl. Yeah. I, you know, and I made sure she got home safe, and then I went on my way. And I, and at the moment he, I, he said that, I was like, okay, I don't think he did this. Yeah. Uh, he's very sincere about it. He's like, hey, you know, I kissed her because she kissed me, and you know, it was, and I just showed up on the island. You know, sort of like I don't know what the hell's going on. I, I'm rolling with it. But, but I like, I like that moment because it's like. But but no yeah that you, that moment that moment is actually better because that relates to um, that relates to Jake who is so hero worshipy mm-hmm. of him and um, but who can I just say two things one who is your favorite guy wrapped up in a blanket oh obviously Corky <laughs> he's absolutely adorable when he's in the blanket and and um and Bean comes in with several beers for breakfast hands a beer to Gamble. Gamble cracks it open, and Corky, who's wrapped in this blanket, he's got a babushka on, suddenly goes, don't mind if I do. <laughs> yeah, wakes up when he hears the bottle open. <laughs> yes, yes. Corky is, I mean, here's the thing. Say what you will about the episode, Corky is great throughout the episode. Yes. I think Corky, As Corky always, and Jack. Corky is perfect. 
Yeah, Corky and yes, Jack. Yes, Corky are and Jack, friends. always perfect. Yes, and you got to too. You got to remember too that not only did the killer do what he did to Zeta, which is horrible, he also kicked Jack in the head and gave him with, a concussion. And gave him a concussion. So it's like the moment you, if if you were to do a, if you were to do a dark and light on this episode, ooh, that that dark side of your whiteboard would be all dark. And you wouldn't yeah. have much left of the light. You'd be straining. You'd, you'd have Corky with a blanket on, and um, I don't know. Maybe maybe Heinrich being 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 a decent yeah. as he's also yeah. being whatever the hell he's doing. <laughs> the, the Nazi being nice. <laughs> Just what and, you think. <laughs> and and poor and the flip side of poor Jack's concussion is because he usually barks twice for yes and once for yes. no, and he can't give straight answers. So he kind of like. Bark, mumbles, and howls. Yeah, it's yeah. really weird. It's it's like a weird. It's, it's slightly disconcerting at times. Yeah, but it's, it's great because all... he he tries to help, but mm-hmm. he just can't. Yeah, so. yeah. It's like because we had him when he was forgive me when he was horny. Uh, yes. Is the last episode um, when he was acting a certain way? Now in this one, he's concussed, and so it's nice that. We're actually getting more character development from the dog than we are from the main character, <laughs> the other characters, the human characters, which is a little odd. But maybe, but I think but, I think it's worth it. I think so. I, I'm calling that a Belisario. Yes. That's what we call that. So, do, do you have anything else on this one? Uh, no, I think I'm good to go. Me too. Uh, so, so where can we find you online? And if you're talking about baseball, we want to hear about it. Well, uh, you can find me at akakikiwrites.com. It is the home of my podcast, Bookum Dano, an old Hawaii Five-O podcast, which I do discuss baseball on that uh, in the season three episode finale. Uh, it's actually a two-part baseball episode. So baseball there. Uh, you can also find me on my blog, kikiwritesabout.com. And if you want to see me or read me talk about baseball in real time you can do that by following me on twitter at kiki writes and if you want to i i love reading whenever you write about the cubs when they're playing and it's it's a if you want to see two very different worlds look into anything that kristen does tv related and then go to the cubs stuff because you can't it's (laughs) it's fantastic it's two worlds it's two completely different worlds i love it um, so I'm going to stop right here because we, we've we've yacked it up. Most of this, I'm sorry, was me trying to figure out really what I thought about this. I'm so, some sort of therapy, but I assure you that I am I I have an opinion on the next episode, which I don't remember, but I bet it's great. It, that will be definitive. So I'm going to leave us here. And where are we? Oh, next up. Oh gosh, next up. Baltar escapes. Galactica, episode 18, 
Baltar's Escape, written by Donald Belisario, directed by Winrich Kolb, aired on March 11th, 1979. And in this one, uh, Baltar escapes from the prison barge, uh, hijacking a shuttle. And he also brings along that guy from the Eastern Alliance, Lloyd Bachner, and those weird-looking, odd, hairy guys from um, the episode with uh, Fred Astaire in it. I forget what the name of that race is, but they're 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 pretty smart and on it, but they're also they just look so odd. But they and they and they're planning a big hostage thing and trying to escape and and stuff like that. And um, uh, at the same time that this is happening, the uh, the council of non-military people uh, sort of take back the power from Adama and do a series of really dumb things, which Christopher and I are going to talk all about right after this little burst of music. <laughs> Battlestar Galactica, episode 18, Baltar's Escape. And I'm here with the great Christopher Bly. Christopher, how are you, sir? Remember, once we control the bridge, we control the Galactica. Galactica. Yes, Baltar is up to shenanigans, but this time he has an interesting mix of helpers. And uh, what what did you think of this one, especially after the last one we talked about? Well, basically, this is this. It's really like a, a three-parter in disguise, if you really think about it. You know, spread upon two episodes, one longer than the other. Uh, but the interesting thing is, we bring in. I think it's also kind of the show. Uh, the show is going to be like, well, we're a little more than just the Cylons. We can bring a couple of other villains into the mix. We bring in the Commandant and the Space Gestapo, as I like to call them. Uh, and then here's the funny thing: not only do we bring Baltar back, as titled in the episode of the show. But funny thing, um, we bring back those Geico cavemen uh, yes. coming in there. Mm-hmm. That, that, that I think they're Beryllians, I believe they're called them. I believe that's correct, yes. Yeah. They're Bar- the Beryllians, yeah. They're, they're the, <laughs> speaking of, uh, we spoke on an episode previous to this uh, about space balls. Well, they literally have space balls uh, <laughs> as their weapon. <laughs> they whip around, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they certainly do, and and it turns out one of the interesting things about them, and I, and I'll let you go back to what you were saying, is as the episode goes along, they turn out to be like the wisest of all the people on there, it's constantly saying stuff like, "Well, they're gonna do this." Do you think? Yeah, and then they do it, or they have that thing where we're gonna die. <laughs> what? What are you gonna do? And they actually literally like die for a moment. Well, it's that's, so, uh, it's more like the 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 uh, laying down on the ground protest, you know, that some people do sometimes. Yeah. Uh, it's, that's what it looks more like than anything. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I don't know. Maybe there's a message somewhere in the midst of that. I have no idea. But the last time we saw those guys was in the uh, Fred Astaire episode mm-hmm. with the spaceballs, and then uh, and then here we uh, once again we we're mixing. It's like the triple threat here. You know, it's kind of like, oh, we, you know, they have uh, Baltar ends up on KP on that one there. <laughs> you know, he's he's on Kitchen Patrol doing his thing. Yeah, you know, he, he has to wait till everybody else gets their meal before he does. And then when he does, he cooks up a plan and he see, sees the ones that he says he wants to be insistent that he goes to the Beryllians to team up with them for this brilliant thing he's got. He wants to escape and he wants to mm-hmm. and he gets the help of both the Beryllians and the quote-unquote alliance mm-hmm. to come across and say, oh, finally, I will have my revenge on the Galactica, and I will do this, and I will do that, and I will be powerful and mighty as I may without any kind of robot um, influence in that case. But 
Mm-hmm. Guess what? At one point, they have to do a little reconstruction of one of our little friends that hadn't been mentioned uh, for, yes, a while. for a while. And, of course, you know, they have to, by their command, recreate one of them, and they get to an itchy thing where he wants two. Of course, yeah, it can't be like comic books where we have to have the one that we get to read, the one that we put mm-hmm. away. No, we need to have two here. And they look at it as kind of now an impossible mission. So getting into this very itchy close-ups on the screen, Star Trek Wrath of Khan kind of situation here, mm-hmm. uh, we a certain member of the cast has to make a sacrifice of sorts or at least a move in order to make it to the next step of everything else going on there. And it turns out to be our beloved Alpo spokesman who uh, basically uh, gives a captain's log now at the beginning of every show. So <laughs> it's uh, I, I quite for some reason I was quite tickled by the by Baltar and the caveman guy <laughs> and Lloyd Bachner sort of all teaming up. That was kind of fun. I, I didn't really expect Absol- that. Well, I, I have to say I give it to John Colicos. His commitment to the insanity is genius. Yes. I, yes. The guy will not break and not. And like I said, every time he's very good. It's like I, I know how to do this. I know my thoughts, my mind. Was it? You know, it's like I am. I am the most powerful man in the universe. Never mind you, Gestapo people. Uh, you, you mentioned in the, in the previous episode. Um, should greetings from Earth have a question mark after it? I think this one should also have a question mark mark after it. Baltar's escape. It's well, basically, when you get to towards the end of a season, or you get towards the like the very last shows, it's basically like, okay, what scripts haven't we used? That you know, we're kind of like running out of material. Mm. We got to get to this over here, and you know, I guess you could call that now. Now that we've point out for these two episodes that uh, we're talking about um it is kind of the question mark period it's like you know if yeah it's the big question mark that you see at the end of the brown hornet on fat albert you know it's like if so mm-hmm. how you know it's like, <laughs> they always put that big question mark on the animated mm-hmm. but it's but it's it's basically leading to both of these episodes are exactly ending with that but it's yeah. also a continuation of this long episode and going into okay here's a epilogue or addendum if you will Yes, and we okay. have the, the more of the council kind of butting in and being completely ineffectual in ways that border on stupid. And I know, I know that Donald Belisario, who wrote the script for this one, loves his military stuff, but but he has the council are so inept mm. in this. I mean, it's like we, you know, we saw what there, there's a moment where um uh. You know that we we've seen Lloyd Bachner's character. If you spend thirty seconds with his character, you can see he's arrogant. He believes himself to be superior to everyone else. Just thirty seconds will do that. But there's something about the council's insistence that, well, Apollo and Starbuck met them with um, drawn weapons, and how else are they going to act? We really think they're a bunch of great guys, and they're kind of more menacing than usual because of going like it's like now from this point on, you can't do anything without the council's approval. And we need yeah. to have one person next to you going. It's like yes, you become. We need, need you to have a mentor to do your yeah. job as a leader on that. And it's kind of like that, you know, getting onto that episode. But also too, there seems to be no accent now on Lloyd Bachner. Now it's sounding more like Lloyd yes. Bachner than it's the comic. Yeah, with yeah, a, with, exactly. a, with a with a costume on. Yeah, maybe he just does that when he's um 
when he's with his guys or he's uh, he's interrogating people, but when when he's you know when he's kind of in prison or stuff, I don't do the accent or like a, 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 nat- a native a native kind of way. You know, it's like say like you know, oh, when I'm in America, I can sound like an American, but when I go back there, I sound like more like one of the people that yes. I came from. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. And you know, of course, there's a prison shuttle, and yeah, we have the same plastic whole glass. Like it looks like glass. Yeah, that weird glass. Yeah, whatever that is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That, yeah. And, and oh, was it, uh, the other thing too is that here's a, here's a weird thing. The last episode, I we always like to pay attention to the credits, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, weirdly, I uh, don't think Jolly was in the last one, but he didn't seem to be in the. Yeah. We have a we have yes. a, a cast member that looks like Jolly and tries to be authoritative like Jolly, but is not Jolly. You know, it's basically yeah. we, it's, we're surprised that James Franciscus is not playing that role. But, um, yes, it was. It was weird. It was almost like it was like a like a soap opera thing, and he was out sick. So they, today, the part of Jolly will be played by this guy. Mustache, sloppy yes, hair. Must- on, he yes, exactly have the build, but you know. Mm-hmm. But okay, you know, he'll he'll be past when we we'll put like a dark outfit mm-hmm. on him. You know, it'll probably fit the part. Well, here's the thing about the credits: was that we don't see any of Jolly in this episode. We saw him in that one. But here's the thing: Anne Lockhart was kind of an addition to the show, and yeah. all of a sudden. She's not on the spot that she was anymore, yet she plays a very key role in this episode. She's not even in the supporting credits either. Yeah, that's true, yeah. Which is a very strange thing. I mean, we don't know if one was supposed to be before the other or Mm -hmm. vice versa. You know, now that I kind of think of it, you know, it could have made sense if you had the Baltar escape one before that. That way we would have gotten familiar with the Commandant and saying, like, okay, three quarters of the way. We got familiar with these guys. They tried to make, make a big break on the Galactica. Okay, you know, like like switch mm-hmm. around a few scenes, and maybe that was intended to be in front or back. Who knows? That was the running. T- yeah. That was the running. But for some reason, our beloved Anne Lockhart, not in the the, yeah. the the casting thing there. It's a strange kind of thing, but just something to notice there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I I th- think that the thing that I liked when I was watching this time is that when. Um, they're the counselor telling Adama that well, they're going to have someone there with you. That lady's going to be there with you the whole time. I think if you watch Lauren Green or Adama's face every time they say, "Okay, let's do this," and she says, "No, no, don't do that. I want you to do this." Look at his face because the look on his face is one of, <laughs> "Oh, this is going to go wrong very soon," mm-hmm. and I'm going to do everything I can to not say I told you so at the end of this episode. Or it's basically- like you. He could have just basically said, "I just said it that way." What is it that you you need? They want to hear the sound of their own voice. That's basically what it yeah, is. Yeah. And it's and it's it's very much like, like I said. It's very much um, uh, sort of a Donald Belisario kind of thing. I think where it's um, uh, the military should be in charge. If you put the the council are old and effete, and they don't know anything. And um, I I do wish there was at least one council member. Even the lady is. I mean, she she readily agrees in the end. Okay, we screwed up, but but I, I wish at least one of them was somewhat competent, because they're all so incompetent. It's it's. I mean that that thing. Like like I said, there's that. Like well, you you when when they say um, you know, it's like well, you read our report of what happened on Paradine with the Alliance, and apparently they did. But how was the report written? that they didn't read the report and see that these guys landed on this planet and they were going to kill these two adults and the four children and they saved the children and the adults how how on earth can that story be told in a way that makes it seem like Apollo and Starbuck just were threatening these 
guys. How? What? What report did they read? Did someone rewrite? Did it? Did it get rewritten? On the way, but but it would just seem to me like if you were if you if it was like a police thing, it was like, all right, give me your report, and you handed it to the lieutenant or something like that. How on earth could they see? Okay, so you went to this house, and there were a bunch of big guys with guns about to kill two adults and four children, and you stopped them from doing that and arrested them. Well, the why odds, did you do that? The odds are well, seventy to thirty in Baltar's favor. Yes. That's why. Yes. It's 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 such a it's such a because it it really does feel like after you watch, I I kind of got the feeling that the way they sort of embarrassed the council in the previous episode by sneaking out, the people in the ship, is maybe like the moment they left the council was like we gotta we gotta get back at them, we gotta come up with something. Well, but here's the other thing too. You gotta remember something. Yeah, Beryllians seem to be the smart ones out of this bunch, but they, yeah, they make alliances with the unintelligible. This is true. This is true. This is true. Yeah. I guess maybe, maybe they're just up for anything. You know, when yeah. you look like that, why not just have fun? You know, it's a Saturday night. You know, let's just have some fun. Well, the you best know, is let's... that when they come up with their alternate plan where they already have their uh, one uh, Cylon reconstructed and everything, you know, to be kind of like their getaway plan. The see Ty freak out is classic. Yes. And uh, mm-hmm. the other thing, too, that comes out <laughs> you got to crack up at this. They're so incompetent, this council. you got the one guy that says, like, well, are we going anywhere? Lunch! 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 <laughs> Did he say lunch? No, lunch! <laughs> yes. Yeah, you, get, you get mixed up with the four-ounce space sets in that case. It's like, where's Bob Denver in an episode? Of, yeah, Bob Denver <laughs> on have... Battlestar Galactica could have been classic. You know? Yes. Same and when you think Chuck of... McCann, but he got stuck as being a villain on Starsky and Hutch. But that's a whole other yeah. story. Yeah. <laughs> When you're thinking far out space nuts during a very serious episode of Battlestar Galactica, something went awry. <laughs> no, I said lunch, not lunch. I said lunch. <laughs> the uh, I, and and there's, I mean, I that that moment where they're all sit, Adama and all the counselors sitting there, and they're basically more or less waiting to be killed. And one of the council, the the main guy in the council, he's always says, "Oh, Adama, we just voted. You're in charge again, okay?" And then he goes back to sit. It's like. Pfft. Okay, sure. Oh, was he? Whatever, man. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. I, I would have loved it if there would have had a moment that would have said, okay, what if I say no? Oh, <laughs> and if he had just said, you know, I'll pass. I, it's, it's retirement time. Uh, it would be pass, and then you get, like, the the, <laughs> the family feud buzzer with the X in the middle, like, eh. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great. Because it would have been, been gone right along saying, yeah, it's an ABC I, I, program, but we had to use a sound sound alike and all that. Uh, and you, you see the big, yeah, you see the big X on the screen, and then the council guy leads over and says, well, how about um, we give you a raise? No. And then you get the two X's. <laughs> two X's. <and> they, <laughs> you only got one more. Give me a good one. And then somehow Richard Dawson pops up in there and goes, like, all right, chance to steal. Chance to steal. Chance to steal the ship. He's, he's his character from Hogan's Heroes. And uh, it's great. Yeah, also middling be... with the accent, okay? You, you put yes, him in one yes. box there in the same room right there. You know? Yes. So somehow, like I said, so in this case, the the uh, the Mixie Bird of Prey escapes. And so does the other show. But, you know, of course, they figure, Baltar, we've got you now. You know, that's, and you're not going away. It's like, oh, I wish you would have just had like a close up. you like, oh, curses. Or something like that. So it would be kind of like his, oh, dear, you know, because, you know, him and Dr. Smith have cer- certain similarities, even though they're on yes. the same show together and not in the same mm-hmm. form. I, I mean, he does have kind of a Dr. Smith quality. It's like <laughs> he does. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I would have actually really liked it if he had escaped, if that had been the thing, where he had actually escaped and they didn't know where he was or going something next. Something like Escape Pod that they didn't know. But, you know, we yeah, saw the Escape Pod launch and said, oh, my pretties. I guess you're not yes. going to get... Now if I could get back to my... But everybody, it says, Lucifer's still around? Did they not, did they not uh, decommission yes. him? <laughs> get him back. I have a plan. A battle plan. I oh, am a genius. My brain is all this kind of things. Now... We also learned something very important on this episode. Well, when you put Ty under pressure, he does A, become tight, and mm -hmm. B, I'm surprised that didn't have the next episode be like his stint in rehab. Because it seems <laughs> to me that now all of a sudden he's sitting in the captain's club, and now the officer's club, and guess what? Now he wants a drink. Yes, now is the time. we got to the end there, I think he was on a sixth six drink right there. Why yes. do you think he's fucking yeah. out out of nowhere? I mean, come on. <laughs> he's all boozy, you know? Mm-hmm. So basically, uh, it's, it's, it's going to be the recovery time to say, okay, Ty, you don't have to worry. You know, Adam is back in full command now. Yes, so you can put the, beer, put the, the, the ale, uh, the, uh, what was it, the intergalactic ale down, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Council, you can relax now. Colonial warrior ale, yes. yes. Council, you can relax now. The biggest thing you'd have to worry about is arranging our annual Galactica Oktoberfest. You don't have to worry about <laughs> anything else. Followed by oh, the, thank uh, goodness, because we're so incompetent. Good God, yeah. And then uh, it's followed by the, uh, was it the, um, uh, what do they call it? They, they get everybody in the same room talking to each, each other, besides the meeting. Meeting, oh, um, uh, uh, the, 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 uh, and, uh, the assembly? The, no, or, or um, the, when, they're, when they're trying to give him the awards? Yeah, or, or, or not or, the awards, but just more like, you know, when you get everybody in a room and they want to say, we want to convince you to quit, quit smoking. It's just like it's... Oh, intervention. Intervention. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, God. Yeah. He finally got the password. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> yeah. It's not a habit. No, but getting back, it's like they should have the episode. It's going to be like leading to the, okay, Ty, we know you had a little problem. You can't get committed. You don't go yes. for yes. command. This is an intervention. Yeah. It's like galactic intervention would be a hell of a show. It would be GI. Right yes. GI, that would have been fun. GI Special Victims Unit. Yes. Intervention. <laughs> well, you know that's probably going on somewhere on the ship. At you know, point, there's... yeah, it's, it, well, it's, it's, it's in that mysterious uh, thing that says, like, you know, room, keep out. Or yes, like, like, yeah, those great rooms. And those oh, great letters just... that they have, like, they're just giant yes, letters. That those they have great out. rooms. Those great rooms, yeah. I The, the thing with the council, though, is it just because I have them on here and they're being incompetent, is all I can think of is just, like, the fact that the show began with a council ignoring Adama and their entire civilization got wiped out. <laughs> So it's 18, 19 episodes later when they ignore Adama again and say we could take control. You know, you know it ain't going to go well. well luckily, great. luckily it's a bunch of goofballs this time and not a thousand Cylons and ships. Um, you know, it's it's like they put like the the Bowery Boys and the Ritz Brothers are in charge. <laughs> you know, the bad guys in this one, but routine yeah, twelve, it's, routine twelve. <laughs> it, it's <laughs> that would have been fun. Um, but it's um, it's it, I do I do like the fact like you said that it does because when the previous episode ended and they were flying those guys back to the Galactic, I thought, why are they doing that? But then the moment you see him here, you're like, oh okay, I get it. And then the moment the the, the cavemen guys show up and Baltar is there, you're like, okay, this is like a fun all star kind of thing. And then they bring in the council and you're like, oh, this is gonna go goofy. But it's still fun, though. Don't, yeah, oh, don't, sure. don't get me wrong. I think and it's a sick, super. I think it's a super fun episode. Yeah, it's, and Sick Bay has all the answers. You know, that's of another course. thing too. And then, 
But I have to say, you know, when they go to council, like, oh, we have a new council on this. But guess what? The more things change, the more they stay the same. same. They yes. still are going to ignore Adama no matter what. Mm-hmm. I, I told you, people. He's like, what do I have to do? Get my brothers here to 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 talk some sense to you? Oh wait, wrong show. <laughs> that would I would have liked that. That would have been fun. Well, yeah, well, think of it. You know, if they got Ray Bolger a couple episodes ago, they could have gotten Hunts Hall on there. You know, the, oh. he was still active at that time. Damn it, you know. It's, he was, he was, he was still. I, I think he was in uh, Gas Pump Girls. Yeah, or like he's in a couple of Disney movies at that point there, and then yes, and then Gabe Dell did his own movie right there. That was well, he had his own TV show. Yeah, he had his own TV show at some point in the early seventies. It was like in a bar or something like that. I Gal- think. You know, Galactica Bowery Boys has a nice ring to it. I have to say, it so. does. I'd watch that. <laughs> you know, I love those. I love those Bowery Boys. And mm. it would just start off. They'd be at the candy shop, and all of a sudden they'd they'd get a letter, mm. and somehow they'd wind up on the Galactica. Well, they they got to be like you know blue in uh, old school. It's got to be seventy year olds that are basically acting like eighteen year olds. So it'd be classic. Yes, you know exactly. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because that way it would fit the pattern, you know. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'd watch that. I would watch. I would watch that. Uh, the um. All right. So uh, so what else? What else do you have in this? Because like overall, I think it's I think it's watched. If if you want, if you've been watching the series in order, it's it's. It's nice to see those cavemen guy come back again. It's nice to see the well. I don't know if it's nice, but it's nice to see the council try to take control again, and once again prove that they're a bunch of dupes. Well, it's not, not um, no matter how many uh, antagonists you put against that, it's always going to come back that it's another Baltar bonehead plan that still did not go as well as he thought he said. But he's still going to say, "I know it. I have the brains. I can. I can think. I know what they do. They do." <laughs> Uh, and I mean, that's the thing is if is if the council hadn't for some reason believed that Lloyd Bachner, who clearly is evil, was a great guy and they hadn't decided to take Adama off, you know, mm. put him sort of second in command to the council. This episode would have been like 20 minutes long. Yeah. But I still Baltar, say, yeah, to uh, have yeah. him doing the song and dancing would have been great, too, because that way he would have followed the pattern of oh. that, too. It's like Lloyd Bachner, you know, as you've never seen it before. It's enjoying life you know i just saw i watched them and i won't i won't tangent too far but i just lloyd bachner is the head businessman drug dealer guy in one of my favorite mid-70s movies um mr no legs oh wow which is directed by the great rico browning Uh of of the creature from from the black Black lagoon suit yes and it's 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 lloyd bachner and it's um richard jekyll Jack? Jackal, yeah, it's uh, from uh, the Dirty Dozen, and we would yes. like to know him on Spencer for Hire. Yes, and, he's 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 wonderful, and yeah. somehow he was in Delta Force too as well. So there you go. Oh wow, yeah, he he he's in there, and John Agar. Oh wow, look at it's uh, what's it uh, Zontar? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> he's in there, and a lot of fun, and 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 Mister No Legs is a man with no legs who has a wheelchair that has uh shotguns built into it oh whoa. wow I, 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 I feel like i wrote an outline for a movie like that but forget that it's already happened <laughs> well yeah i did that yeah when i was i was 11 i think i did that one that was no but i i recommend it he people it's 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 one of those great 70s florida exploitation films oh, nice. and it's a joy massacre video put it out on blue um, I'm not sure if it's still available, but if you if you can see it, it's fine. Lloyd Bachner is the head, the head drug dealer. Oh, and um, Rance Howard, oh, Clinton Ron's dad, is in it too. 
that, yeah, and that he would had... kind of make sense because if you think of it, you know, he's in both Edwood and Chinatown right there. You mm. know, it's I said like the thing I the common link I had for both of those is like, well, it's in the same it's in that same period, but it captures its period well. You don't think it's a movie yes. of that decade that it came out. I said, mm-hmm. you know, and it's, you know, pretty much iconic for its decade. And they both have Rance Howard. So there you go. So, yes. so And he gets he he actually has he he um it's it's not a it's not a small like one scene role. You right. know, um, he he actually is like he actually has quite a few scenes throughout the movie. But so. he always wants a big explosion. Yeah, yes. And he just wants to tell so, me where they take him. Yes. So that's um. I don't know if I have much more about this episode. It's a fun episode. It's it's nice sort of the little caper that these goofy bad guys have that you can tell the only like I said the only reason it got as far as it did was because the council decided that they were pissed off that everyone had made kind of made fools of them and their guards or whatever the heck those guys are and connective tissue I, from the previous episode yes and that that's what that's what makes it super because you don't in in a show at this time you don't really expect that mm. um you know okay, occasionally a character might appear again i was i was like um uh like Anne Lockhart is on here right now i'm thinking of like when she reappeared as Pogo Lil mm. in BJ and the Bear but that wasn't like an episode later that was like 10 episodes <laughs> later <laughs> But, but um and, oh, and like I said, have we seen the last of Baltar? We I don't know. Not. I hope not. He's too, he's too he's he's too delightful in his uh, villain villainousness. Committed villainous, yes. Yes, I I think I realize having said B J the Bear. I think what I realized that what I like about seeing all these different bad guys together, even though one of them was just introduced in the last episode, is that there is a three part. BJ and the Bear Sheriff Lobo crossover mm. called Run for the Money. And part one is BJ and the Bear, parts two and three are Sheriff Lobo. And <laughs> in that, they all go, BJ takes some, It's there's a big police convention, you know, they have one of those big police conventions like they had it, uh, Police Academy 5 in uh, Reno 911 Miami. <laughs> uh, but, but they're having it in Vegas, and oh, BJ has is hauling all this new... Um, police equipment weapons and stuff you know just new stuff that they're going to show off at the convention uh-huh. and it, it gets stolen and he gets <laughs> arrested and at the convention you get sheriff lobo is there with his goofy guys and you get um uh sheriff uh or commander kane mm. who is the great um ed lauder oh ed. Um, oh we miss that guy so much i mean talk about a yes. guy that's more present good guy too actually yeah ed. yeah Oh yeah, met him some, met him some years ago. Yeah, he was great guy. Put it this way, this guy could have done a one man show about his career, and it would yes. have been amazing. Because we there was a, it was it was after a Q and A for another movie. But I have oh. to let this off here because uh, why I say I let this off is this: you mentioned the show, so I'm going to say Lobo, Lobo, big big chef Lobo, Lobo. <laughs> the and in the end, yeah, it's it's it, there's an assemblage of all the sheriffs and law enforcement that BJ had met up with oh, yeah. so, in the first season so and a half. Again, it brings back the fact that we had the team up right over here. So at some point, Glenn Larson gets to a team up at some point in, in, in the yes. ones of the shows there. And, and I will be honest, uh, uh, as much as I enjoy the Battlestar Galactica's run for the money is pure, just balls out nuttiness. Great. For it for just three episodes, it does, <laughs> I don't know that it quite sustains the three episodes, but they sure do their damnedest, mm. and it is fun to watch. And it all ends on like a lake with a huge shootout around a boat. And I think is it, um, 
uh, Deborah Shelton. Oh yeah, it. yes. And um, she plays an FBI agent, and it's just a shoot yeah. shootout, and all these sheriffs. You know, obviously, um, Slim Pickens was one of the um, classic uh, sheriff. He was. He was. I forget what that was like. What the? It was. It was. It was Slim Pickens, and I forget. I forget her name. Conchita. She. She Conchette, was like the ma- Conchetta Farrell. Yes, yes, Conchetta Farrell. Yes, yeah, she, her, and Slim Pickens are one of the teams of law enforcement people. Sheriff Kane is another. Sheriff Lobo is another. And they all kind of combine, and they're in there. And if you've been watching the show in order, it's just such a joy mm. to see all of them together. Mm. And um, and uh, that's sort of what you, I see with the villains here. Yeah. I'm like, it's almost, like, it's almost like the Batman movie sure. in 1966. And speaking like of when, speaking of yeah. which, uh, Mills Watson just had a birthday recently too, so he's still with oh, us. Oh, hey, I, I've read that he is he is retired and and doing okay. I think, which is, is good. Still, yeah. Yes, that's always nice to see because I, I remember when I finished my big writing up all the BJ and the Bear episodes and everything, and you know he shows up on a bunch of them in the Sheriff Lobos. I remember looking him up to see where he was, and I just read something like he's retired. Mm. I thought, oh, that's nice. That's Relax, good. sir. For years, I used to say, like, oh, yeah, whoever Lobo's deputy was, I couldn't ever put a name to it, you know? And then yes. I was just looking it up, and then I remember he was also, he's also in Cujo, which is, uh, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. It, he has a key Cujo part in that one. So it's like, so who's this guy? I gotta figure out, because he, he just, he just has a presence to him that I go, like, you know, just, uh, and, you know, realize I looked up the name Mills Watson right there, so there you go. So it's, yes, yeah, yeah. But, but in any and, case, you know, it's, in, in, in any case, I'll take us back to Battlestar Galactica after a little journey. That's um, uh, so so. Anything else? Um, uh, anything else on this one? Well, they're off to maybe find Earth. We're not sure, but mm, you know, but yeah. that we have to leave for the next episode to see where everybody yes. else goes if we happen to see them again. Yes, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We never know what the next one. I don't remember what. The, what is the next one? Uh, yeah. Not sure. Let me just check. I think the, the, the next one. My disc. I, yeah, I think this is like where we go on our last. This our next episode is going to be experiment in Terra. So we haven't left the Terra people mm. just yet. Okay. Okay. So this could continue that. All right. Excellent. All right. Um. So I guess if if, if do you have anything else on this one? Because I th- I think I'm good. Uh, I'm good too. I think yeah. But it's a fun episode. It was a fun continuation yeah. that you know who knows maybe if a few things would have been edited out of that other episode and then maybe this got put onto there. Maybe that might have been mm-hmm. the two hours that we were all looking for, saying we didn't exactly oh, get the true. answer to Earth, but we had this other like you know Chuck of saying oh we're bringing a couple of more elements into this one. Okay, so raise the bar, raise the stakes. We've got this triple yeah. threat. So. But that's that's true because they could, yeah they they really could have done these two together as like as like a two hour one with just some judicious editing yeah so. yeah that would have been interesting but I do like the fact like when I sat down to watch Baltar's Escape as I've as I've said before and then I'll I'll ask you what you're up to this is the first time I've ever really sat down and watched the show closely mm. uh, I I watched it all the way through five or six times. The first couple times on Netflix and all the other times on Blu-ray, but it's always in the background. Mm. So I always have it playing, and then I'll look up and see something happening and go and watch it for a few minutes and go back to what I'm doing. Usually I was transcribing uh, when I was when I had this playing. So to actually watch this, and when Baltar's Escape begins, and suddenly you see Lloyd Bachner, then you see the cavemen, Br- Br- Brillium, Brinium, those guys, mm. and you're like, oh my gosh, this is fantastic. Oh, it's it's kind of, it's, it's, it's fun to see him. So, so I will say some of the show works better from a distance when you're not paying full attention, but some of it awards rewards and awards your attention. <laughs> Absolutely. So, 
so so Grizz, um, where can we find you online? What are you doing in this the middle of I don't know mid late August? Mid late August. Well, uh, from a distance. The okay, uh, gonna, uh, uh, okay, we don't want to get sued on that one. Okay, sorry, Bet. <laughs> uh, but, uh, well, what I've been up to is um, continuing our uh, first view, my little project I continue to be on, uh, which is basically you know covering a movie a day of uh, seeing a movie for the first time and um we're still in the midst of the uh, maybe by the time well the, by the time we're recording this we're still in the midst of the summer forecast we might have moved away from that at this point when you're listening to this most likely uh but to find it on there you can come on to my facebook facebook.com slash captain Bly. every day it gets updated no matter what the time or the forecast or any kind of special theme we're also featured on instagram twitter and letterboxd you can find me there under Captain Bly seventy six, uh, and we're having a whole bunch of fun with it. You know, it's 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 uh, some interesting movies, some ups, some downs. Some we had our as of uh, us recording this, we had uh, one really big disappointment from this week. But other than that, most of the oh, no. summer forecast has turned out to be um, pretty sweet there. So yeah, awesome. And Mister No Legs might get added in the end. Uh <laughs> see if it, if I could find it, maybe we can fit. We did fit in Killer Force. Let's put it that way. We, oh we get, yeah, nice. Yeah, so that's fun. It's it's uh, that's it's fun. a good time filler. Yeah, it's a good time filler. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, uh, and who knows? You know, like I said, you know, every day, you know, you know, either somebody is mentioned or passes on, and then another movie gets mentioned. And it, like I said, it's the mm-hmm. ultimate juggling effect. As I said, if you're yes. able to predict this, go to Warren Burger and try to predict the final four tournaments. <laughs> and try to see if he can reap his reward because I can tell you right off the bat, I said I'd be amazed if you were able to predict it accurately into the letter. I'd say like mm-hmm. either you're stuck in my head or there's a bug somewhere around here that you're listening <laughs> in or something. You know? But I like to keep it unpredictable in that case. And yeah, yeah. like I said, every yeah. day you might see something new, something old, what mm-hmm. have you. But with the seventies, eighties and nineties stuff, there's always been something to come across and always surprise you yeah. sometimes too. So yeah. Yeah. And I think one. Oh, I'm sorry. I, I was going to say one of the things about Killer Forces. Did you see the alternate ending? Yes. And, you know, I love. I, I kind of prefer the alternate ending, to be honest with you. I said, it's, you know, it, yeah, there's something about it that's because it kind of um, leaves you off at one point, but then the other one kind of like gets to like where we were getting to. I'm going like, okay, yeah. it was like, okay, that that seems to fit yeah. a little better than you know where where we are with the other one. You know, but it's fun. Mm-hmm. It's fun. Yeah, yeah. So, so thank you again uh, oh, so thank much. You. Uh, yes. And and you know what? We are on the final disc, everybody, of Battlestar Galactica. Disc the, five, uh, baby. The race. Yes, we're heading into the last the last three episodes. And um, will we find Earth? Uh, no, that's what Galactica eighty may or may not do. I'm not going to spoil that. But right now, we're 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 dealing with the steps towards. Um, the end of the series here so thank you again and i am going to um welcome you to this Man, episode 5, The Flying Fish and Zombification, aired July 14th, 2008, directed by Alan Croker, written by Andy Reeser. Alan Croker, I looked this up, directed the series finales of Star Trek Deep Space Nine, Voyager, and Enterprise, which is pretty cool. Anyway, in this one, Wendy and the middleman come up against flying fish that are turning people into zombies, zombies that crave trout. 
So they're trying to stop a zombie apocalypse. At the same time, Lacey, who is um, missing her mother, who she never sees, is throwing an art crawl in the apartment building that her and Wendy live in, um, you know, illegally or whatever the heck they live in there. And she wants Wendy to come, but Wendy is going to try to show up, but she's got these zombie fish people. Well, they're not fish people. They are zombie people who crave fish to take care of, but she also wants to be there for Lacey, and all kinds of craziness goes on, and I'm not going to go into it more than that, because Kristen and I go into it a lot right after this. Art crawl! Art crawl! Art crawl! Art crawl! This is, uh, this is the sixth episode, fifth episode, sorry, of... Um, uh, middleman. I, I got. I was. I was having so much fun art, uh, yelling art crawl. I forgot where I was. This is the flying fish zombification, episode five of the Middleman, featuring art crawl, and yeah. a lesson was a lesson with Sensei Ping, who we don't actually see, but his presence is felt throughout the episode, uh, as is the presence of Henry Kissinger, oddly enough, and we can discuss that, and we get um, the, <laughs> is it. Is it trout-flavored energy drink? Uh, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, but I have here with me the great Kristen Hawes, a.k.a. Kiki Rice. Kristen, how are you today? I am so stoked for Art Crawl. How are you, Dan? Art Crawl! Art Crawl! Art Crawl! Art Crawl! Um, what, what, is, what is Pip's thing? Is it my God or hey, God? I forget what Hey, it is. Mr. God. Hey, Mr. God! What do you think about this episode of Eventually Super Train? Huh? Have you ever heard of the internet? Oh, Mr. God. Oh, Pip. Um, we will talk about Pip. Um, uh, but, uh, oh, because this episode has two moments in it which foreshadow the next episode. Maybe more, yes. but two that I can think of. And we won't say them right here, but damn, I will try to remember to say them before we're done. Because I'd hate to... <laughs> Stick those at the beginning of the next one because they're not in the next one. They're in this one. So the flying fish zombification zombification begins, and um, much like the previous one, which which if you go off the title, because titles are important. Although although would you have seen the titles didn't show up on the screen, did they? They don't show up on the screen. No, they don't. Because um, it was like you know when 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 I first watched the X Files, so many of those titles are so weird. They're just odd words. They're foreign words that I didn't know. They're strange words. They're locations and things like that. And But you wouldn't have seen those titles when you were watching the episode. But if you're watching on DVD or Blu-ray, that's the first thing you see. You know, Zisigi, you know, Tunguska, stuff like that. And you see it, you know, um, uh, 731. And you see they go, what does that mean? What does that mean? And then seeing the zombie fish, no, the, the trap, the what the hell is it called? The, it was a pike. It was the a, fly, oh, the, yeah, like pike, a flying the pike. The flying fish zombification. Yes, the flying pike. And, and seeing the title here, you're like, huh. And again, as with the as with the previous episode, there is a lot of flying fish zombification going on here. But there's also a lot of art crawl. There's a lot of Dubby's first proper lesson with Sensei Ping. And there's a lot of Lacey dealing with her mom, who's kind of a jerk. I think we don't actually meet her and she has to go hang out with Henry Kissinger. I don't know if that's more important than hanging out with Lacey. I like Lacey from what I've seen of Lacey. I would have hung out with Lacey, 
But then Henry Kissinger has his charms. I think Jill St. John went out with Henry Kissinger. That's saying something. So uh, what did you think of this episode? I'd push Henry Kissinger down the stairs. Um, <laughs> he ain't coming to Art Crawl, baby. He, you ain't coming to Art no. Crawl. No, no, no. Not invited. Yes. Not. Um, I have a confession to make. Yeah. In that when I first, the first few episodes of the, the show, I found Lacey a little annoying. Mm -hmm. But she has grown on me exponentially since yeah. then. Mm -hmm. So by the time we get to this episode, I feel so bad for her because she wants her mother, Dr. Barbara Thornfield, MD, PhD, <laughs> to come to this art crawl. And then she gets her hopes up saying that she will be there. And then Henry Kissinger comes along and ruins it. Yes. And so she's wanting Wendy to be there for the, her performance. But, of course, Wendy has work. And Wendy keeps saying she will be there. And Lacey's like, listen, if you can't make it, tell me now, please. And – ends up breaking her heart and I'm yeah. just like I feel so bad yeah. for her yeah. but on the flip side we have the the flying fish zombification happening with these trout zombies and that is absolutely hysterical it's nuts <laughs> it's it's such a gloriously it, nutty idea it's, it is it makes for such a fun episode even mm -hmm. though you've got this like real nice emotional heart to it yes with just surrounded by all of this craziness. It's I really really like the episode. What do and, you think and, of it? And that, I, I I really do too. And I love I love the way again, um, like with the previous one. But but the fact that I, I like with this one that it gives Lacey sort of the big. The, I mean, there, there's like when she's on the phone and she's trying to talk to her mom, but she keeps getting like assistance and stuff. Mm -hmm. Just the faces, and I'm sorry, I I've forgotten the actress's name. Is it Britt Morgan? Is that is that is that right? Uh, or, or is that? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Yes, Britt Morgan. She has so many. She does like like when she's when she's simply doing her confrontational thing, and when she's simply trying to help Dubby out, um, she can be slightly grating on occasion. But then but then that's her thing. But but those mm -hmm. moments like when she's on the phone and she's like, "Hey, mom, I just I just it's so great to talk to you." Oh, you're not my mom. Okay. All right, and just the looks on her faces, on her face, on her faces, on her face. Just the, just the look. You know, you, you, you like the, the, the It's like it's like looking at the manicoids in the previous uh, episode, just seeing people who have no emotion. She goes through so many emotions in her face, um, as 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 a good actress does, um, and and it's just it's so good. And and so when you get to that point where she's delivering her speech and she has this wonderfully goofy. Um, dress on that looks like a skyscraper sort of and then unfortunately the middleman shows up and says zombie attack and 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 wendy has to leave and you can just see and you don't want i, I couldn't look when i mm -mm. when i saw that she saw when i saw that lacy saw that dubby was leaving i couldn't look it was too much it was too much for me because mm -hmm. it was it was every everyone's heart was getting broken and i know you want to stop the zombies but yeah. um, but I honestly think maybe they could have stayed a few more minutes. Now, granted, if this was some sort of sort of art installationy interpretive art sort of thing she's doing, it could have gone on for several hours. Uh, I'm I'm not thinking it was a short piece she was delivering, but it is art crawl, art crawl, and um, art crawl, art crawl. Uh, but um, but yeah, it, it is great in this one because you really do get to see, um. You, you get to see her side and you get to see in the end how how good good uh, they are as friends mm 
and um, and you get a great moment in the end where um, Wendy is drawing a zombie woman being attacked by fish, which is a really cool image. Uh, it's yeah. really kind of creepy. It's a really kind of creepy sort of image. Um, they're they're talking, and there's a great moment where uh, where Lacey says something. Like, Geez, I, you know, like I remember when I used to um, I used to draw were airplanes and Asian dudes and Asian dudes in airplanes. <laughs> and you're like she's got a specific type, I guess, Dubby. She has sort of a specific kind of guy she likes. <laughs> but it's it's sort of sweet to see like it's. Eh, you know, it's 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 funny because it's it, it is one of those things where she can't Wendy can't tell Lacey what she's doing, but it isn't like a, like a sitcom from the '60s where like you can't tell. You know, I forget what the landlady's name is in My Favorite Martian. You can't let her know that Uncle Martin's a Martian, which gets so belabored after a time. And you're just like, oh god, something happened. Here it's here it's sort of feels more organic. You know, that Lacey is sort of like, okay, you're doing something. I don't quite get it. Maybe you'll tell me one day. But it's, um, mm-hmm. but I'm okay with us still being, as she says, copacetic and, and still yeah. being, being friends. So it's, um, it's great. And then, the, then the third, the, the C plot is that, uh, Dubby has such a great session with Sensei Ping, which seems to only last about 40 seconds. But it's filled with bonding and laughing and loving and all kinds of wonderful things. And she learns everything. And the middleman, do do you think do you think he's kind of jealous that or or, or not of I, that? I think I think in the beginning when she comes out and she has survived because Ida's sure that she's gonna die. I'll get the the fly. What did she? Get? I'll get the bugle for taps or something <laughs> yes, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah which sure. also sets well, up something. He, for the, yeah, yeah. Yeah, she because she go before she goes in, she tells Wendy she's like the man loves pain like tornadoes love trailer parks. Yes, yes. <laughs> which I thought was one of her great lines. Yes, yes. But she comes out and I think he really is proud at first mm-hmm. that she survived and she did such a great job because he did pick her and I think yes. he's sincere about that. But as the episode goes along and Wendy is quoting Sensei Ping and talking about the stuff that he taught her. And stuff like that. He's kind of progressively getting more jealous. Yes. That he's not the favorite yes. anymore. So I think it's he's got mixed emotions about. It. Yeah, and, and and two, there's this the uh, this really odd possible zombie apocalypse about to happen. Plus, you get our crawl, our crawl happening too, and it's just like all these things happening at once. And um, it's it's actually really it's it's really nicely juggled because it doesn't. It never it never feels like you're like if you're watching a sitcom. It never now now I know this is going to sound foolish because this is the way the show works, but it never feels like say a Seinfeld where you go from Jerry here, and then Elaine's doing this, then George is doing this, then Kramer's doing this, and sometimes they cross. And those aren't meant to be. Sometimes those are very organic, but sometimes they're very separate in the episodes. But this one, it all has a really nice flow to it. It all has a great, great flow from the um from the moments with with lovely moments with with Wendy and Lacey to that great moment where they talk to the guy whose wife became a zombie and he just has the <laughs> yes. most like she was trying to tear my face off and I was trying to stop her from tearing my face off and I just, just I, don't, yeah. I don't I I love the I love the choice I, I love yeah. the, it's it's so it's yeah, so, he's so he's just so mellow about it and yes. 
when they're arguing about whether or not he's become a zombie, and she's like, have you ever heard of morphine? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Um, uh, oh, what else with this one? Now, um, uh, let's see, zombie attacks. Yeah, the, um, <laughs> just, just the, um, the, the basic premise behind the... I mean, I guess I said in, in the last one we said we weren't going to try to ruin this one. Um, I'd kind of like to ruin this one, but maybe we shouldn't, or maybe I mean I did mention that there's an energy drink that smells like fish, um, yeah. which sounds gross, and and it's an energy drink that's called. <laughs> yes, that's I the hope best that didn't burst the uh, drink ever. Yeah. It's just it's just like four or five excl- exclamation points, and it's <laughs> and there's a. The, oh, no, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say this because last time I didn't get this until the very end, but I was going to say, because this is about zombies, if you are a fan of the band The Zombies, this episode is loaded with references to The Zombies. Uh, at one point, I think um, Dubby is, is like Ms. Bloomstone, and Colin Bloomstone was a member of The Zombies, um, the the fish place they go to is called the Odyssey and Oracle Aquarium or something like that, and Odyssey is spelled wrong, like it is in the Zombies album Odyssey and Oracle. And this is, uh, and I I want to say they say something like we're from the time of the season committee or something like that. And so if you're a zombie mm-hmm. fan, something like and, that, yeah, yeah. If you're a Zombies fan, specifically their wonderful album Odyssey and Oracle, this is loaded with references to the zombies and the moment you sort of see it you're like okay that's i like that that's fun and like like last time it was back to the futures um this time it makes a little more sense because no one was really going to the future or back in the previous one that i know of but um this one is is zombie related um now now i just bring that up here i know that's a little bit of a tangent but i forgot to mention the back to the future last time until the end so i wanted to mention it here uh what else what else on this one (laughs) I got to do my notes better, um, folks. I gotta... Well, okay. <laughs> I do like when they're discussing the first attack, and Ida calls Wendy, and she's like, uh, you know, she, talking about the wife attacking the husband. She goes, she attacked him with an RV, and Wendy's like driving. She's like throwing. Because <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> she threw the RV at him, and she, and then when the guy's talking about, it, he's like, yeah, that's not like her. <laughs> And again, there's there's certain moments like the shots of the um, the zombie ladies in, especially the first shot of the of the wife there, um, her kind of shaking back and forth and everything with the makeup on and with these crazy eyes. Again, I think what Family Network was this on? Because <laughs> yeah. that looks that looks that looks a little much to me. I know I know Ida's in there goofing around. Um, and uh, and and having some fun, but um, but that like that first shot of the zombie lady is actually like, especially when she goes full on trout, is um, <laughs> is like is that's a good it's a good zombie, it's a good zombie face, yeah. is what it is. The second zombie lady is a little a little uh, not goofier, but she's not around as she's not as zombified as much, and there's yeah. the slurpy the slurpy all over Wendy joke too. Oh my gosh. Yeah, how did you stay dry? I'm a Navy SEAL. I know how to stay dry. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, let's see. Um, uh, oh, oh, oh. Let, let's let's talk about it here because um, 
um, I am going to forget it. Let, let's talk about the, 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 the two sort of big moments that... Um, oh, and, and they do, they do, they do uh, go in Wendy's uh, car in this one. Yes, in her, which is in, hilarious. Which is fantastic. Because there's the, there's the big old middleman in this little bitty <laughs> bubble car is what it looks like. And, and at one point, as she's on the phone with Lacey, he's got one of these Peruvian killer flying fish things with like a <laughs> Aqualung helmet on, trying to bring it and put it in the back seat while she's talking to Lacey. Uh, and then and there's the great moment in the end, which I, which, um, uh, which, uh, which I loved where they think where they think the bad guy has gotten away and they're sitting in her car and she's like, well, there's no way we're going to catch him now. And, and he says, you know, did you, did you remember what, what did Sensei Ping say to you about curiosity? Uh, it kills the cat. And he's, <laughs> and middleman says, no, no, no. Um, haven't you ever wondered about the spare key? And they hold up the key to the car and there's the car key and there's another key. And she says, no, I never thought about it. And he puts the he puts the key into something, turns it, and like this huge jet engine shoots up out of the back of the car, expands, and then they fly off down the street hundreds of miles an hour, which is just a fantastic little moment. I love one of the things I love about the middleman is it does it does have that thing where um where um I I I I um I don't I I, I don't mind a Deus Ex machina um. But I like it if if they do something like that where they can just where it feels like a natural part of the show, where you know you feel like if he's giving her a car, it's probably got something extra special in it. Mm-hmm. And so when the jet engine comes up, it's not like oh, it's like oh, and then pshh, they take off. <laughs> so it's like the middleman; they're, they're sort of they are one step ahead of us, which is cool. Yeah. Well, it's one of those, like, well, of course her car would have a jet engine in it. Not that that's... Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, Just a stupid thing. Yeah, yeah. To get oh, uh, let, me, let me mention the two things I was going to mention because I'll forget them. Um, I'm sorry, my notes are a mess <laughs> for this one, folks. I, I feel like... Um... <laughs> I feel like they've been eaten by fish. No, um, no, the fish don't. No, they're eating the. No, it's the trout. They want the trout. It's so. It's such a wonderfully nutty idea when they. And is it? Is this? Is this the first episode where someone says when they describe their ridiculous plan, they say it's it's so elegant in its simplicity. Yeah, be- I think this was. Yeah, I this think be- this was the one that was. Because someone may say that in another episode too. Um. um uh, and I do, I do, I, I've actually had the moment on here where, um, uh, uh, where Lacey, her mom cancels on her and they're crammed into the tiny car and she says, and, 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 and Wendy says, are you mad at me? And Lacey says something like, you know, in the way that all sort of children who are married to narcissistic parents who ignore them and, and, and who really should be to blame, but you actually end up blaming people who actually love you. Yes, I am mad at you right now. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and she's working on her awesome skyscrapery light-filled um outfit. Um, but so there are two things I'm gonna say them now. I've forgotten one of them. There, so there are two <laughs> things. Oh no, it's and I'm I'm just gonna say with <laughs> bitten by zombies. <laughs> the middleman is reading a book called Bitten by Zombies, which is awesome. 
Um, so uh, there are two two things in this episode that um, foreshadow. I was going to say portend, but I think maybe foreshadow is better. Or do both those we'll work? We'll go with foreshadow. We'll go with foreshadow. Um, I think foreshadow is a, is a, is a sp- portend is to um, portend. It's like, uh-uh. <laughs> you want foreshadow. Um, and that is that Pip, who is the um, the the guy whose dad owns the building that um, Wendy and Lacey and Noser live in illegally, um, is he's he's got his Mr. God thing that he's going to do. But you see him at one moment taking Wendy's pictures down and staring at them rather intently. Mm. And... Mm. It doesn't see at, at first he says, "Well, I can't have her pictures hanging up here in the hallway during our crawl." But but when we get to maybe the next episode, him staring at the pictures like that might have more significance. And mm-hmm. the Noser, what did you think of Noser's competition? Stump stump the band. Oh my gosh, that that was his performance, and I loved it because he was just basically sitting up there going, "Yeah, I know that song." Yeah, it was, uh, and it was like, "Okay, stump the band, try to stump me." He's standing with his guitar, and someone says, "Kung Fu Fighting." I know that one. Way here's yeah. what you don't know: Jesse's girl. <laughs> no, I know that one. Hey, and there was one. It was. It was a scream if you love me, or I, I forget. Scream what, for your love, or something like that. For, it was a, supposed to be like a boy band song or something. Yes, and and Noser's like, oh, from that awful boy band. Yeah, I know it. Woo! Yeah, never <laughs> played a note. And just I, said he I, knew all the songs. And the thing I love about that is that <laughs> that is either just the wonderful goofiness. Or that is something where they've all done this before and they're just yelling out the most random songs they can think of just to get that moment where he pauses and goes, yeah, I know that. And that, that's the joke, that he does that like four or five times. And they just try to think up the most obscure, not that Jesse's Girl and Kung Fu Fighting are terribly obscure, but um, what that one from that possible boy band might be. So those those are two moments that will that are foreshadowing um, what will happen possibly in the next episode. And I wanted to bring them up here because I knew I'd forget them. So what else do you have on this one? What do you think of the flying fish? What do you think of, um, what do you think of our crawl? What do you think, of, what is it? Well, um, I like the flying pike being the source of the zombie thing because it's, again, like the previous episode when we had Wendy doing the interrogation in the screen behind Middleman while he's talking to Ida, we have, they're at the lake mm-hmm. where the... Uh, and in the background you have Wendy fighting the the flying pike while a middleman is talking to Ida and Ida is saying yes if you want this um, to make this uh, thing the antidote then you're going to need to get this flying pike and you need to get him alive and in the background we're watching (laughs) Wendy killing this flying pike (laughs) And she, and there's a moment when he turns and looks at her, and she looks up, and, and she's way in the distance. She's got a smile on her face, like I got it. Yeah. <laughs> oh no! Oh no! <laughs> that is that is that is a fantastic moment. I, I think I actually just saw the moment where um, maybe um, middleman becomes jealous, and that's the Payne's River moment. Yeah. When, when the four guys with the guns rush in at the Odyssey and Oracle Aquarium. 
and they're rushing at the two of them, and and they're going to fight. And and Wendy says, um, uh, "Oh, um, should we use Payne's River?" And he's like, "Sensei Payne taught you Payne's River? Yeah, with the knees and the knuckles. Yeah, okay, we'll do that." And he he looks honestly a little shook up that that she was taught that. Mm-hmm. And then it immediately cuts to forty seven seconds later, and the bad guys are all torn up and crying. And and t- tied up and crying and not looking looking great, and so so that maybe is the moment where he's um. That maybe is the moment. Maybe Payne's River was something, that was really really meant something, to him. But it's tough to it's tough to gauge. It's tough to gauge. Maybe that's uh, the one that Sensei Ping was teaching him, and when he cried, because Ida made sure to oh, point out right. that yes, Sensei Ping made Middle Man cry. Is is this the episode where? I, I'm going to bring this up in every episode where she says something like, uh, don't worry, I'll potter your diaper, or something like that yeah, to him. Yeah, it I was forget. this okay. one, I believe. Okay, yeah. <laughs> that, that, that's great. That your your android who's in charge of your paperwork and your admin is saying she'll, she'll take care of your diaper. If you're going to if you're going to mess it, I'm, I'll be, I'm here for you, okay? Yeah. Uh, so, um, what else do you have on this one? I'm... I'm I'm, I'm scanning my notes. I think I, I think I cover them. I talk fairly quickly. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, the way they find the zombie victim, one of the zombie vi- after zombie wife, the oh, yes, second yes. one, mm-hmm. is by looking for the rapid heartbeats because the first zombie wife, what did they say that her heart was beating so fast? Oh, her heart's going to explode like a yes. sausage casing full of weasels. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's why they found the other one that leads them to the energy drink is because mm-hmm. they basically searched for rapid heartbeats. Yes, and and what was it the um oh what what is it he says about the frat party thing? Oh crap! Um, he says once I ruled out all the uh, cocaine addicts and frat party skin no frat skin flick part. Oh, I forget, I forget what it is he says. Yeah. I should have written that down. <laughs> I've, try, I've, I've said this before. And before. I, I'm trying not to write down the jokes because then all I will do is go through the jokes. So I'm trying to remember the, 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 the more the, the oh well the jokes are great though. I should next time I'm going to write yeah. down jokes, folks. Next time I'll do that. <laughs> but um, yeah, what else do you have on this one? I'm, I'm thinking because there's there's a hell of a lot that goes on, and in the end and in the end it turns out okay. In the end, everyone's yeah. okay. Um, and the zombie, the zombies are stopped, and it, it is a it is a contaminated energy drink. I had an energy mm-hmm. drink this morning um, at uh, my, my day job um, uh, because I, ca- I can't drink coffee there because I get immediately sick to my stomach. So I have to. I, so I had an energy drink that tasted like a creamsicle, which I thought was quite delightful. I don't know if it gave me any more energy because in a half hour later I was doing that thing where I was sitting at my desk and your head keeps going forward. And you're like, hey, no, I'm up. I'm up. No, I was just looking down. Oh, check out my shoe. You know, and I was like, how long is this going to go? You know, and after a time you're like, do I get up and go sit in a room and sleep for 15 minutes? Try to find a conference room and sleep in it for 15 minutes? Or do I just keep sitting here hoping no one's paying attention? Because there'll be a point, I know me, where I'll go, and that'll ruin it. <laughs> so I can't. I, I love the fact that um, he's this guy is going to send out all these pike. <laughs> it reminds me of the um, 
there's a Monty Python sketch in a in a in a chemist where there uh, a guy's looking for um, a cologne, and all the colognes are fish flavored or fish smelling. So there's a pike, and there's a turbot, and there's all these different. Um, all the colognes smell like fish, and this is kind of what that's like because when um. Uh, uh, when middleman cracks one open, he takes a sniff of it. He's like, "Whoo, wow!" And I love, I love the fish, the fish-smelling energy drink that's going to turn everyone into zombies. That's fun. Well, well, I would not be one of them. I don't drink energy drinks. I'll just stick to coffee. Thanks. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I, I only, I only drink them like when I go into an office. Um, I, I'll drink a, you know, they have the smart waters. I'll drink those, mm-hmm. but those aren't really energy drinks. That's just colored water with extra vitamins. And I don't even yeah. know if it has extra vitamins. I believe it does. And that's all I need. <laughs> Maybe they just dissolve some Flintstones vitamins in there. And that's <laughs> exactly. what you got. Well, the, well the, the, the energy drink I drank today was something like, no one under 17 admitted. You know, and I was like, <laughs> what? Thank God I'm an old guy. I'm going to have two of these. But yeah. it was just like, well, this is... <laughs> This is crazy. This is like, it's like this energy drink at Texas Chainsaw Massacre too. No one under seventeen admitted. Wow, this is nuts. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it's 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 again the um, as with the previous episode, there there are wonderful. There's a wonderful at home storyline. There's a wonderful in the office storyline, which do combine. And mm. there is also a wonderful is the world going to end in a zombie apocalypse storyline. So the um, the writers are really, I think, killing it. They're really doing a beautiful job of of bringing it all together, and um, I'm, I'm a oh, little yeah. jealous. In fa- I'm a little jealous, in fact, as a writer, <laughs> as 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 you are too. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you same, watch this same. and think, yes, I, I don't know if you watch it too and think like, oh, I'm a little jealous that they pulled that off. Oh, gosh. I, w- or do you... I watch this and go, I'm a lot jealous. Cause oh, okay, good. All right, because really I'm really clever. Yes, exactly, <laughs> exactly. So much, so much, so much wonderful craziness in it. And, um, uh, and I was going to, I'm gonna, I'm gonna mention one more scene, and then I'm gonna stop, and then you tell me what else you got. Then I'm gonna say, work with Fanya online. And then I'm gonna have an energy drink. No, I'm kidding. Uh, then it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. We'll be fine. Um, uh, no, no. This. this <laughs> I just. I. I actually. Oh, I had. I have it played right here when the middleman is trying to contact her during Lacey's speech during Lacey's mm-hmm. um, performance, and you see the the image of the middleman on her phone. Middleman calling. It's like he's dancing or something. Do you remember that? <laughs> image it's just yeah. it's so goofy and um but um the scene where lacy goes to talk to wendy after they leave and wendy's spattered with slurpee and you can see lacy's trying not to cry and wendy is trying to say is apologizing but she there's only so much she can say and then the middleman comes out and lacy has that great speech where she's like I wish she's I, I forget what exactly it is she says but she's like you know I, I can't handle him and his big muscles and his pillowy lips and his soft you know whatever she <laughs> says and it's, it's just it's, it's it's such a great it's such a great speech where she's trying to be exact and she gets there in the end and all of his excuses but she wanders through yeah. his his yumminess 
before <laughs> she gets there. And then in the end, one of the big moments is, um, do you remember when I said that? And, and Wendy's like, yeah, and you mentioned his pillowy lips. Oh, did I say that? Oh, no. So that's a lovely scene. There's, it's, it's, um, it's, it, it was funny. I was I, as I was watching this, I was thinking of um, Erie, Indiana, which came out about fifteen years before this, and I thought if Erie, Indiana had come out when this came out, I think it probably would have gone on for ages, because back in '93 or whenever it was, Erie, Indiana came out, things were a bit slower, pace wise. And you can feel that when you watch the Erie Indianas. They don't. They don't. Some of them move quickly. Some of them don't. And I thought if Erie Indiana had been made around this time, it would have been lightning paced and just like the perfect show for kids. Because this, as we've mentioned, this might not be the show to air on a family network. Um, but but there's uh, there, there's just I, I I was just I was just thinking fondly of Erie Indiana and how I I might need to watch that again. Uh, but but they're they're different era types. Oh, here's here he says. Um, let me just say how sorry I have to. Perhaps we could arrange an encore. I don't think so. Wait one moment. Wait one moment. No, I've had it with him, and his big muscles, and his pillow lips, <laughs> and his deep soulful eyes, and his work-related <laughs> excuses. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yes. And poor Wendy's standing there covered in blue Slurpee, and uh, he goes back inside. The jolly fats wee hawking. Uh, so so so, uh, do you have anything else for this one? I have one little more, one more thing, little thing, mm. because part of this is that Wendy calls out the middleman for being jealous and yeah. says that she's that he's punishing her because they have to find Mister White, and mm. he's doing it the old-fashioned way, like getting all of these Mister Whites out there. And she's like, that might not even be his name, and it'll take forever. And she says that you're punishing me because Sensei Ping, I had such a great session with Sensei Ping and you're jealous. And she leaves to go to Lacey's performance. And so Middleman is standing there rationalizing and then coming to terms with it. And he's like, am I being jealous? And the whole time Ida's over here at the Hadar going, I don't care. I don't care. Breaking news. I don't care. <laughs> what is it? I don't care. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Uh, we we could we could devote like a mini so to Ida, our favorite. Maybe we at really the end, could. and maybe at the end we'll do like a twenty minute our favorite Ida moments because she's she's so good. Go. Oh, let me just powder your diaper. <laughs> that, to, to me, that's the best because not only does she 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 refer to you as a baby, but you're a baby who mess your pants. So <laughs> so so you're like, oh gosh, it's it's bad enough that I'm a baby, <laughs> but I'm a baby who has yeah. So, um, so, <laughs> so, um, uh, I think, so if we're at the end, I'm going to crack open a can of, and, uh, and find out where we can find you online. Art crawl. Uh, <laughs> art crawl. You can find me and my art crawl at AKA Kiki writes, uh, com. It is the home of my podcast, Book of Dano, an old Hawaii Five-O podcast. You can also find me at my blog, Kiki writes about.com and if you want my feelings on trout flavored energy drinks in real time you can get that by following me on twitter at kiki writes excellent as always thank you and um we are the next episode is um oh the next episode um is i'll just two words 
Varsity Fan Club. And that was 133, everyone. I hope you enjoyed it. Where can you find us online, you ask aloud? Let's see, at eSuperTrain1 on Twitter, Eventually Supertrain on Facebook, eventuallysupertrain.blogspot.com is the website, and you can email me at dannyslacks at yahoo.com. Next time, more of the same, but different. Please join me. Be good to yourselves. Listen to this. Blogspot.com Eventually Supertrain